0: SEGA BITS presents SEGA TALK, a podcast talking all things SEGA, with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what? No. Yep. Hello, and welcome to SEGA News Bits. Oh, wait. No. Hello, and welcome to SEGA TALK number 17. I'm Barry. With yeah. me is George. Hello, everybody. And on this very special episode, we are going to be covering a Sega Saturn. Is it a classic? It's, uh, I'd say it's a hidden gem. A hidden gem. A gem you can. It's it's an expensive gem, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, that's Burning Rangers. Now, if you are new to Sega talk, this is what we do. We basically take a Sega game from any point in the history. Any, it could be any game, but we're picking ones that are notable. You know, so you probably won't see like NFL, two K two. anytime soon but um, you never know and we go through the development history our memories of it, the gameplay um, how it impacted uh, games at the time and share people's memories at the end and if you like this stuff you can support us on Patreon it is the only way that we benefit at all uh, monetarily from what we're doing And so it really means a lot to us. It keeps us going. It keeps us on schedule. And uh, Google
1: has a anti-Sega propaganda tool (laughs) that has demonetized this channel in a rally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But um, should we dive right into it?
1: Yeah, let's talk about it.
0: Let's talk about it, because this is Sega talk, man. Um, All right, so Burning Rangers was released in 1998 to the Sega Saturn. Uh, Sonic Team were the developer behind it, and the game was a 3D action game in which the player takes the role of a new recruit to a team of futuristic firefighters. The game was directed by Naoto Oshima and produced by Yuji Naka, and these two men are probably most notably known for creating Sonic the Hedgehog. And the game was Sonic Team's second non-Sonic title for the Sega Saturn, and also their last game... Before the Sega Dreamcast launched, just 10 months later in Japan with the release of uh, Sonic Adventure. So, let's talk about that. So, what are your first memories of Burning Rangers, and did you play the game on release?
1: I did not play the game on release. It, this, I think the main issue with this game was that it wasn't sponsored the way that other games were. It kind of reminds me of uh, Comic Zone or Vector Man, where it came out in the late lifespan of Mm -hmm. the saturn it's crazy to think that two years was the late (laughs) lifespan of the saturn wow but uh yeah like nights they had they had kiosks everywhere i remember the posters i remember they had ads for it i remember that game and Mm -hmm. i remember playing that game and being mind-blowing and i really love the controls and i love that they did these like 1.5d this game was totally different i didn't play when it came out i don't remember ads maybe magazine ads Vaguely, But I was like, Power Rangers? Is this like a Power Rangers game? Uh, Because it said Rangers on it. That's the Mm -hmm. only thing I could think of at the time. Uh, So, yeah. The first time I played it was probably like in the early 2000s. When, uh, like, you know, when you make friends that have the same hobbies as you. You know, video game nerds. Right. Uh, In the early 2000s, when Sonic Adventure was coming out, I started really getting into Sonic again. Because he was kind of dead for five years and when you're a kid those five years go on forever Mm -hmm. so i went back played this game and i was impressed that the sega saturn could do 3d like this but compared to the playstation 1 it definitely did not age as well like as knights yeah i think knights aged better because of the limitations they put on the movement uh the controls on this one are way different i remember it was like really shocking to try to get into it because i mean when this game came out there wasn't that many 3d games they probably started working on this when like the mario 64 was probably not even out yet mm-hmm. so or i don't know like what do you think about it and did you play it on release date
0: um so yeah so burning rangers of course it came so late in the lifespan that it was one of those games that is super rare super hard to come by and i don't think it was a marketed all that much uh you mentioned you didn't see ads i actually am looking at an ad right now i looked it up online while you were speaking and it's see a he fi- did. it's a fireman laying in a pool like a kid's pool like cooling off and a kid's looking at him and it's taking up probably 90 percent of the page and it says burning rangers sega hard stuff i don't know what that means and and the cop, the copy. So the, and then there's four very, very tiny, like postage stamp sized screenshots, and the cover art in the corner. And it just it doesn't do the game any justice. It looks it's using a, a fireman like a contemporary fireman. And, and
1: it's and I mean, do you remember the ad for Knights? I, I think this is kind of goes with yeah. the th- trend that made the Saturn fail with bad advertisement. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the copy on it, too, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. It says, uh, cozy up to the blistering hellfire of Burning Rangers, the phenomenal new game from Yuji Naka, creator of Sonic and Knights." Did Yuji Naka create Nights? I thought that was... I mean, Izuka worked on that a lot. That was like his baby.
1: Yeah, but you know how it goes Yeah, in yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and so it says in this 3D scorcher, you're a one jetpack, one concussion gun techno ranger battling unpredictable firestorms. Victims lie everywhere. Ooh, that sounds. T- <laughs> to save them, you'll have to rocket your way around fire cyclones, firewalls, and exploding fuel tanks. Replays unlock new doors and secret areas, but only escalates the shaken bake. Ashes to ashes, your dust. That's weird. That's badly written. Yeah. And it's on That's, the bottom. Uh, it's so bad.
1: It's so funny because the game is so like nice and peaceful, and the whole point of it is like not violence. But it's like, yeah. like the way they describe it is the way you describe like a brawl or like gladiator fights.
0: Yeah, it's like talking about victims lying everywhere. Like if they're victims to the fire, they're dead. And it's also <laughs> funny because this is like after, this is obviously in the middle of the attitude era where.
1: Everything hmm. in America had an attitude to, to it. you know, Oh, absolutely. WWE.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm sure all the ads were having, like, Matrix-style music and crap, you know, <laughs> like, really yeah. pushing that hardcore stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I guess I didn't answer the question. I didn't play the game on release. However, I did buy Burning Rangers online in, like, maybe February of 1999. And I used to think that that was actually, like like a long like a long time after release but it wasn't like that's me buying Mm -hmm. the game new and I actually have it here so this is my copy of the game that I've had since uh, 1999 and I remember this because I bought it from the website SegaParts.com do you remember that site?
1: Yeah I used to order cords there. It was an official site? Is that the one that it was? Yeah, yeah. Sega Parts the official one?
0: It was an official site that provided, like, arcade supplies, but at the time it also sold games and consoles. (laughs) So um, and I actually visited the company that used to be Sega Parts. They are out near, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago, and now they are a third-party, like, arcade machine provider, and I don't think they have an official connection to Sega now, but they act as Um, Sega's kind of like Midwest uh, dealer (laughs) Mm. and so I'm pretty sure that this, this copy of this game probably came from them and I remember it was probably about 30 or 40 bucks so it was marked down a little bit from full price but it still was like on par with buying a new game then and I remember it because I was playing it at the time the Dreamcast was going to release and I was like this game's a little rough but I see what it's going for and if the Dreamcast can like do this kind of gameplay it's going to be really awesome like if the Dreamcast can take Burning Rangers and bring it to like perfection then we're really yeah. looking at and, and I didn't play the game that much until the Dreamcast release. so when I went back and played this I was really comparing Burning Rangers to like Sonic Adventure and I was like this game's now kind of rough and I didn't play it a lot for a long time until probably I got into you know writing about Saturn and Dreamcast like uh the little, little under ten years ago and I love the game and uh we'll we'll get into more of that, but it's it's a really interesting game, which sounds like a negative, but it's interesting. And I we'll get into that. Um so this wait, game is yeah.
1: wait before we talk about that, you know yeah. you were talking about Sega parts. You know where I heard remember them from? And I don't know if you remember this, but one eight hundred Sega USA or USA Sega uh-huh. they used to have that number. I ordered parts from there and they went through Sega parts. That's, all, that's why I remember them, but it's, we could do an episode maybe on one, on the number, but it's funny because I get tweeted about that a lot. I don't know why. People remember the, the 1-800 number, but go on. Sorry for
0: interrupting. <laughs> well, in Sega parts, actually, they shut down, I think, like in the last six months, and now it's uh, SegaArcade.us.com and it's where you can um, buy all the... You can still buy things from them, but... Um, yeah, it's store.playatamusements.com now, and you can buy steering wheels and paddle shifters and manuals. So it's, it's still the same kind of site, but like I said, it's a third party. It's not uh, official Sega. It's like a distributor for them. But um, yeah, so let's get into this development. So development began in November of 1996, just after Christmas Nights released, and Yuji Naka wanted to create a game that had you saving people rather than killing them. And so they selected firefighters because the team thought that they were easily identified with heroism. And it's worth noting that Sega AM1 released Brave Firefighters to arcades in 1999. So there definitely was like a, a fireman thing going on internally at Sega. And... Um, you actually, you, you looked into some other firemen games, too. Are we going to talk about those now, or is that...
1: Uh, i I actually rather not talk about the other game. i rather just keep it straight. I was actually going to talk about them and play them last night. I yeah. just didn't have time. There's this one, I was trying to look for this Japanese game that, like, reminded me that, like, there was, there's like, this little craze, right, in the 90s, where, like, Japanese developers will just take aspects of America yeah. and make a whole game, like, cop virtual cops, Daytona mm-hmm. USA, and then... This so yeah. it goes in trend with the uh, moment.
0: Yeah, entity. yeah. So I guess I'd, I'd ask then, what are your thoughts on this concept of games gameplay, and um, can you think of any other games, not even firemen games, that focus on saving rather than defeating or killing?
1: Whew, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, knights, but like that's really just beating the clock, right? So right. I'm trying to think and. It, I, shinobi but you also kill enemies right yeah yeah. michael jackson moonwalk did he kill those guys they just jumped off screen right yeah he kicks them off
0: screen but he saves children that's true
1: Hmm. yeah and i mean it's kind of age kind of badly talking about michael jackson but that's a that's a shinobi type game right yeah yeah Um, um i i really can't think of any can you i you probably can there's probably arcade games like I don't know, virtual cop, but then you... I guess... You're shooting people know. again.
0: See, it is is—it is difficult. Now, I don't think that they were revolutionary in this concept because when I was looking at existing Firemen games, there was like one, I think, on the Super Nintendo where it said, you put out flames hmm. and you rescue victims. So yeah. <laughs> that sounds like this. Um, so I, I don't think Burning Rangers was revolutionary in that concept, but it was probably one of the early 3D games... To really have a lot of free movement, but also to do this this saving sort of uh, scenario, and yeah, when you think about it, you think of games that have people being saved, but there is typically enemies that you are you are killing, who have either kidnapped them or are trying to attack them. And uh, Burning Rangers does have enemies, so it's not like they they don't exist, but they they find clever ways to make them not like evil; they're more like. Uh, yeah. They're more like hazards, and so yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a novel concept. I don't think it's anything revolutionary, though. I don't want to. I, am a huge Sega fan, but I don't want to give them that much credit. But um, it's it's a, uh, it's I guess it's unique. It's unique enough. I will,
1: <laughs> I will say for the Sega Saturn, it's really unique, and in, in the fact that it's the one of the only Sega Saturn games that try to do a three D platforming game, uh thing. Yeah, I know they did it with like Sonic Jam, but only the sub submenus. Um, so I can't really think of any other ones. I think there's like a Japanese mech game that's kind of that that also kind of surprised me with the, it trying to be 3D like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is like the only game that anybody really tried to do on the Saturn. And I think they Sonic Team was really working hard on this engine to sell the Saturn. Obviously.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, let's just talk a little bit about the uh, the characters. So, you know, typically on Sega Talk, we kind of assume you know what we're talking about a little bit, like Sonic the Hedgehog, we're not gonna get deep in the weeds on gameplay and who the characters are. But I feel like with Burning Rangers, it's a game a lot of people know about, but very few people have actually played. And so let let's talk about the the storyline here. So the game is actually set in a futuristic society in which fire is one of the few major hazards remaining. And the Burning Rangers are an elite group of firefighters who have formed to help cope with such emergencies. The core members of the team are Chris Parton, Big Landman, and Lead Phoenix, also known as Reed, as well as two new recruits, Sho Abamane and a woman named Tillis. And the latter two are the only playable characters initially, although you can play the others through a password feature. And so, you know, the the setting and art style, it's unlike anything Sonic Team had done at the time. And so I was wondering, what, what's your opinion on the game's characters, setting, and visual style? Do you think it stands up to the likes of Sonic, Knights, and Ristar?
1: Uh, Yeah, it does. I it, Okay, so l- let's talk about the obvious here, right? It, mm-hmm. it, this is the first one to have, like, a futuristic... Fantasy Star Online-ish. Because, I yeah. mean, I played Fantasy Star Online before I played this, so that was the first thing it reminded me of. Um, I really liked the anime style, and yes, it was really jarring if you were a Sonic Team fan at the time, where they would do, like, mascot games, and then all of a sudden, an anime game. Yeah. That's very, very anime, especially mid-'90s anime. And uh, even it even translated into the art style where they had the sketches... Uh-huh. of the characters. Um, I really liked that, actually, because it was... Uh, at the time, I was really a big anime nerd. I think everybody in the early 2000s was into anime, right? Right, uh, It yeah. was the Rise of Pokemon and the um, Rise of Dragon Ball Z and Toonami. So, obviously, right up my alley at the time, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. You?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was um, it was different from anything Sonic Team really did, though I would say the character art kind of reminded me of the kids and knights it's just that these are adults so they they're they're taller they're a little more developed (laughs) um but yeah i'm just i'm looking through the manual here actually and there isn't a lot of artwork showcased in the american manual like there's the uh like you can see here there's the character profiles but they're black and white they're kind of small so it's not they weren't really pushing that anime style despite uh yeah despite that it's kind of trend yeah yeah and so i i feel like if this game came out maybe a year later they really would have pushed it like they did with fantasy star online and a lot of the other games where they seemed a little prouder of the fact that it was a uh a japanese game with a unique art style
1: and that really goes to show you the difference of, like, at the time, Sega from Sega Saturn, the, the guys that were advertising for that, mm-hmm. and the guys that were advertising for Sega Dreamcast, I feel like Sega Dreamcast and the Sega Genesis had the best marketing teams of right. Sega's history. Yeah. And then, like, Sega was the worst. So <laughs> that's bad. why we didn't, they didn't push it, obviously.
0: Yeah, and, um, and then looking forward, and you mentioned this, Burning Rangers has much more in common visually with Fantasy Star Online. So I'm wondering, what sort of visual similarities did you notice, both in the gameplay and in the uh, character designs?
1: So the suits, the mm-hmm. way they use the white, the blue, and the way they color coordinate it, sort of. I think they did it way better in Fantasy Star Online. I think the art style is a lot... That I like the anime aesthetic. It's more unique. This one looks like a... Uh, anime you would have watched like late night on like on a cable channel when they were showing like ghosts in the shell and movies like that um so i think fantasy star online kind of had its own more unique look but this one has a well like you can see the suits and stuff and the way the 3d looks like the way you move the camera and stuff kind of reminded me a lot of uh fantasy star online you could tell this is like the building blocks to what they wanted to make
0: oh absolutely you know the whole For me, the whole corridor system and those opening doors and even the malfunctioning robots was Mm -hmm. straight out of, uh, what was it, Mines? I think the Mines level. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy Star. like You you play Fantasy Star online and then you play this and you immediately see so many similarities. It's got to be, this is definitely the precursor to that, in my opinion. Yeah. Though it is kind of surprising where you can jump and fly, which is kind of something I, I wish I could have done in Fantasy Star Online, but um, I guess they had to limit things just because of the online gameplay. But uh, it would be
1: interesting if they ever go back and do a like a new Fantasy Star Online, if they added a, a chatting feature or a hovering system thing?
0: That would it's be cool. cool. I know you can I think you can jump in PSO too, but I don't know about hovering or like flying. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, the the characters in the game they were designed by Hiroyuki Ochi, and Yuji Naka has stated in interviews that Sonic Team wanted the silhouette of the Burning Ranger to resemble a uh, angel. And so their jetpacks were supposed to look like angel wings. And you can you can kinda see that like on the on the box art here, this guy. Yeah. Who's Flying yeah, yeah. over the logo, he's got these like little jets, and yeah, they, they look like that. Uh, did you catch that? In yeah, the design?
1: No, I, I did not catch that at all. I think maybe other people did, but you know, sometimes when I play games, I'm just like into the gameplay, I'm looking at other stuff like the artwork, and people are like, Did you notice this? I'm like, No, I didn't notice that, and I did the <laughs> game, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't notice it at first, but then when I saw that there was a, a song titled Angels with Burning Hearts. I started to make that connection. And I think at the time, too, I was playing virtual on uh, Oratario Tangram. And Mm -hmm. I was seeing that a few of those characters, they would look like either angels or they would look like hostesses. So, you know, they were using these like robotic parts to um, emulate something else. And so, I mean, it's kind of beating it over the head with being like firefighters are angels. Like, yeah, we, we get it. They're saviors. You know, it's pretty obvious and
1: this is when like Sonic Team was really deep though I mean they had the whole night nights where the they were talking about dreams and yeah philosophy with dreams and how it affects people and now this one with burning rescuing angels yeah
0: you know they wanted they wanted to really I guess they wanted to move away from Sonic they were gonna move away like hard so they isn't were like
1: it, isn't it crazy how much they tried to avoid Sonic during the Saturn era but they wanted the Saturn to be successful at the same time
0: it's such a I mean I wouldn't change anything because I really love the games that Sonic Team did make. But if I was working at Sega, I would be like, guys, can we make one Sonic game? That would be really nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, um, yeah, so let's talk a bit about the gameplay. This is going to take up probably a bulk of the show just because... Like I said, a lot of people know about the game, but they haven't played it. They might have watched uh, streams. They might have attempted to play an import copy, which I wouldn't recommend. I mean, it's nice to own, just to say you have some version of Burning Rangers. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into why you probably should play your native language when you play this game. And so when the game starts, you select Show or Tillis, and then you're thrown into a tutorial level. And then from there you go through each level and the goal is to rescue survivor, survivors, extinguish fires, and then there's a boss at the end of each stage. But of course it's always some clever twist where it's like a malfunctioning robot or something like that. Like it's never some guy going, I started the fire, Burning Rangers. <laughs> um, though I, thinking about that, that would be kind of fun. Um, and you are rewarded a bonus point for completing the level quickly, which is a contrast to how knights played out. And it's more in line with the Sonic the Hedgehog games. So the more time you take, the f- the worse the fire gets, and then there's a meter that moves up in twenty percent increments until it hits a hundred, making it almost impossible to proceed. Basically, meaning it's like a a game over. So yeah, which game did you think was more successful in using the timer, Knights or Burning Rangers?
1: Okay, so yeah, Burning Rangers did it fast. You know, like you said, and uh, I really liked. Like, the, I think the idea of nights, like, you have to wait for the time and, like, know the level to do the laps. Yeah. And the more laps you do and whatever you do, I think that makes the game more replayable because um, it, it kind of reminds me of these, like, new, uh, what do they call them? Like, these hard games where you level up your character and then you die. But, like, I feel like every time I come back, I, I notice something I could do differently to, like, increase my score. Right. And you get that rush to try to get right back in the last second to get the highest score possible. Uh, I like all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so I thought it was a cool break from Sonic. This one, I mean, I like it. It's a it's a fine game, but I just don't think it's as good as Knights, that's all.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I guess I was going to say that Burning Rangers, it makes more sense when you're a first-time player than Knights does. Yes.
1: Yeah, it does. Definitely does.
0: Because I'm sure we've talked about this when we covered Knights on Sega Talk, but... Knights, it's such a great game, but I don't think they did a good job explaining the gameplay to people. I think the game really needed to have some sort of system where it's like you pass, you're getting close to the checkpoint, but it'll tell you, like, keep collecting gems, you have another minute, you know, like, don't go back, <laughs> you know, keep going. Yeah. Because I would play the game, and when the first time I played, it was like D. D rank, C rank, and I was like I'm going as fast as I can I think I'm doing a great job, I don't know what the hell's going on, and then I learned of course that you have to keep going and keep going and run the clock down and get there at the last second, whereas with Burning Rangers, or even Sonic, I guess with Sonic it doesn't punish you as much, but you do get a time bonus, but Burning Rangers, it's like the faster you are they, they're they like, way to go <laughs> so it's um, it's it's, it's yeah. I feel like the
1: reason they did this because the Sega Saturn at that moment was like a re-genesis in Japan of arcades because of mm-hmm. Street Fighter Two, and they're still living off of Virtual Fighter. That almost every game on the Saturn just felt a little like they wanted to go way more hardcore, right? Like, they are really pandering to the Japanese audience because they're the only ones buying the system and the games. Right. So all these games became very arcade-like. And then when they went to Dreamcast, you could tell they put more thought into a worldwide market where, like, online games... uh like, Phantasy Star Online, another Sonic game, uh, you know what I mean? Football games, and, you know. But, yeah, so it, I'm not surprised. And as a, for the lap thing, I agree with you 100%. Knights did not explain it at all. Mm-mm. And they had to do a better job. And I I bet you 99% of people that played the game back then played it exactly like Sonic, like you. And mm-hmm. They didn't understand what they did wrong. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it just it I mean, needed some sort of visual cues or some sort of, like... Audio, audio playing, saying, "Keep going, keep going. You're doing great." Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So let's see. What next are we going to talk about? Oh, this is exciting. So, <laughs> your shields and teleporting survivors are reliant on crystals, which you collect as you progress and put out fires. So in this sense, sonic rules apply. You, if you get damaged, you drop crystals, and another hit means an instant death. And your weapons, or I guess you could call them like tools, consist of a pulse for small flames and a laser blast for big flames, enemies, and bosses. And you also encounter explosions and collapsing scenery. So, despite the no-killing concept, the game ended up having enemies, which were robots gone haywire from the fires. Do you see these as enemies or just another danger caused by disaster?
1: I mean, let's be honest, they are enemies. um, But... I guess, if you guys want to be technical, they, they are disasters caused by fire, but, like, I could just make a villain that's like, my daughter died in the fire, and these burning rangers never rescued her. Yeah. Now you guys are dead, and then you have to shoot <laughs> them and kill them. So, I mean, I understand they're trying to make a uh, kid-friendly game or a non-violent game, which mm-hmm. I'm cool with, but it, isn't this kind of a, a theme running with Sonic Team with knights in this game, where they were a very no-kill
0: yeah, yeah, like the nightmares were weren't they like Not good real. dreams turned bad?
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's like a running theme here, I guess. And I guess they had to take a break in Feni Star Online where you kill a whole planet of animals.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Boomas and they go <laughs>
1: And they went edgy with Sonic Sonic the Adventure 2, but um Yeah. Yeah, that's th- true. It's an, it's interesting, but I I guess you could say that, but you always have to have enemies in games yeah they a lot of people try to do this thing i think now games this kind of like idea of a peaceful game yeah. is a really really big concept right now with new gamers like there's the witness i think there's a game right. called there's undertale where you could play it as pacifist mode and they literally like promote the game as a pacifist the first pacifist rpg so it's it's interesting that Sonic Team was like basically doing this. So it was like, I guess, Mario technically. But you do fight kumbas and stuff and do beat them. And you do punch Yoshi in the back of the head. So there's <laughs> some true, violence there.
0: Yeah. So uh, Yeah, but I, I'd agree. Yeah, like the, the villains in this... The enemies in this game, they are enemies. I guess the thing is, though, they don't have any intent. They're not intentionally being bad. They're not starting the fire. They're just... Robots victims. gone hay- haywire, yeah, victims. You know, like it, it's like a you know a house is on fire and there's exposed electrical wires. Are you going to say, oh, those exposed electrical wires are enemies? <laughs> Who's your yeah, greatest enemy? I, you know, like a malfunctioning robot. <laughs> so
1: and yeah, I guess you have to have some sort of like concept of being a villain or doing something evil to be a villain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't believe the game has. A guy who's like, "Well, the fires were all me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
1: started them all."
0: Yeah, and there there is an actual like plot to the game and ending. I don't want to spoil it here because I feel like that's the one thing that we're gonna let the game keep so that you can go in and play it. But there's like a woman, and she's like, something's wrong with her. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the game is perhaps most notably, famously known for its method of navigation. So rather than a map, players use voice navigation from off-screen team members. And at the time, this was very unique, and it's a cool way for in-game, for the game to give you an in-game team feel, despite the game itself being a single-player experience. And this meant that the game was difficult for non-Japanese language speakers who want to import, which meant you really had to play the Western release to actually use this method of navigation. Uh... Have you attempted playing the import version of this game?
1: Nope. I never I've never, like, thought about even importing the game. I don't own the game, so I guess we could talk about that. I mean, we'll talk about that later because I know it's part of the mm. notes, but uh so no, I never played a Japanese game. I burnt the game before and I and I borrowed a copy of the game back in the day, right? Mm. So I've never owned the game, so I just never really wanted to play the Japanese game. But now that you tell me, I'm like, yeah, it wouldn't be playable. So I mean, it yeah. makes sense. Did you play the Japanese game? And how far did you get?
0: No, I never did, actually. I'm surprised I didn't. But I guess it's because I bought this so soon. Otherwise, I probably would have imported it. I've read a lot of people saying, you know, it's it's worth doing a walkthrough. But I think a walkthrough would ruin the game. Because it would be like, you'd read, turn left, turn right. You know, it's just... it, it Kills the whole sense of discovery and of navigating through these like flame-filled corridors. Um, I
1: do know that some of the tracks are different in the soundtrack, but I mean, I don't know if there's like any bosses or anything that they changed. I, I'm assuming no.
0: I yeah, I, I think no. But yeah, the uh, I think the lyrics for the music was in in Japanese, so there was yeah. that. But um, another thing is that you know, while you were after your first playthrough, you could go back through the game, and it was a random generator that mixes up the order of corridors. So basically, there were, I think someone did the math, so it's 3,125 unique maps, and because of this random nature, the import version is largely unplayable in this mode, because you're completely lost. You can't rely on a walkthrough. You know, you're just going to be going around dying and guessing. Unless unless you maybe learn what right and left, and all the you know, learn like rudimentary Japanese, but um,
1: to be honest with you, with the prices in the U of the US and PAL version, you're probably better off just learning Japanese. It's <laughs> true. Version. You could
0: probably, for the amount that you spend on this game, you could probably take like an online class in Japanese yeah. uh, direction finding. But um, you know, usually on this show, we we discuss the game's music and Burning Rangers is unique because it's large I know the theme song is super popular
1: Yes very popular very
0: very popular but the game itself does not have a lot of music in fact the uh the Burning Rangers soundtrack let's see who worked on this so we've got of course the theme song with uh Mitsuyoshi working on that and uh you know from Daytona and it's a fantastic song but you look at the rest of the soundtrack and it's really like anything from 30 seconds to a minute long and these are probably like incidental sounds these might be from cut scenes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's 25 tracks and it's a 56 minute long soundtrack and i i'm looking here like most of the stuff is like remixes english yeah. versions you know so in japanese um, versions and japanese like versions yeah so it's it's a memorable soundtrack in in the beginning but after that it's a very quiet game and the reasoning for this of course is that you are meant to be going through and listening to the navigation listening for sound effects and audio cues for explosions and in turn it makes it a very uh in my opinion it makes it a very like uh, engrossing experience it feels especially if you're wearing headphones you kind of feel like you're there did you think this enhanced the game's tension or do you think it actually made it kind of boring?
1: I thought it kind of made it kind of boring because I actually remember when I played the game, I was thinking to myself like, man, they must have ran out of budget or it got rushed that they didn't finish the, the music in this game or fill it out. Because like one of the first things you think of when you play a Sonic Team game is how much effort and time and whatever they put into the soundtrack. Yeah, And like you said, right when you start up, it's all a beat, lyrics it's you know epic you get into and it's like not really that much uh thing not really that much music going on so that was mm-hmm. really jarring yeah uh but it's also like the soundtrack i really i do like the i guess i don't know what would you call the style of music like bubblegum pop like i don't know like in the, it when saturn yeah. was going on like they just went all in on this style um so it was like knights had it where they had like these act you know like vocal tracks where they are more you know I don't know what even this would even be called what would you yeah. call Burning Rangers soundtrack it's like
0: it's almost like jazzy upbeat jazzy pop with a little bit of rap <laughs> yes you know cause it's like who's the one for you to count on <laughs> you know yeah. but then it's like which is total like jazz riffing like so it, it's a uh,
1: really cool it's really cool the tracks they did do like that um yeah which is like I just smile is another one that's like in like has uh, lyrics I think but um it's just not I don't know like I don't think it worked I think they should have just put a soundtrack I I don't know I, I think they're just trying to be a little edgy there because I, I really like nights because the music is really memorable and I think it makes the levels more memorable. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is a little less memorable during gameplay moments because of that, in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think?
0: No, I, I I, think the game would have had to have been made the way it was made, because if you're going through it with this music blaring, and there's fires, and there's audio cues for when there's going to be an explosion, and it would just be too much. And I see that, yeah. At the same time, I think maybe what they could have done is added a mode where you... It was like music mode so that you could have in-game music if you started to play through the game enough and, you know, you, you didn't need to keep hearing this. But um, no, I understand I understand why people would find it boring. I thought it was, like, if you're playing it late at night wearing headphones, it's a cool experience. But it it does, it gets a little quiet.
1: You are a huge Burning Rangers fan, huh? I mean, I'm just surprised. <laughs> I, I thought it was just an okay game. I thought maybe, I want to say the weakest thing... Mm. But it's the most experimental thing that I feel like Sonic Team's ever done. Because mm-hmm. I feel like um, even Sonic, the first three games, kind of already had the structure of a platformer made. And this one, it, it looks, it feels like they went from scratch and how to make a 3D game. That's what it felt like to me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like a Burning Rangers super fan or anything. I do think the game's flawed. I think the camera's really bad. I think... Uh, there is quite a bit of a learning curve in terms of how to fight the fires and how to keep the percentage down so you don't get hurt. Um, and I just, I, I, I guess the reason why I like the game so much is it's very rare to find a fully 3D platformer on the Saturn that's exclusive, and this is one yeah. of them. And I and think it is all, exclusive. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because you're playing a 3D Sonic Team game, like and i know nights was that but nights was more 2.5d and the 3d sequences were kind of pretty pretty light like you were getting attacked almost instantly when you were running around as the kids yeah. so it's it's cool to play it as a like moment in sonic teams development history as both a sonic fan and as a fantasy star online fan but i i do think it's not sonic teams best effort i like it more than billy hatcher Yeah, I like it. I like it more than some of the lighter games, like you know, like Choo Choo Rocket. I can't really compare the two. One's a puzzle game, but if I had to choose between the two, I'd I'd maybe say this game's a little better, just because there's a there's a lot more going on in it. Yeah, there is. You know, de Amigo, I think is a better better game than Burning (laughs) Rangers, though, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that soon. But um, I wanted to talk about so. Burning Rangers. It was released at the end of the Saturn's lifespan, making it a very, very rare game. And I was actually surprised when I looked up the prices before writing these notes. Um, Current eBay listings for the U.S. version were not even appearing when I was searching. It was only the PAL versions, and the PAL copies are selling for three hundred dollars or more complete. Wow. Uh, What's your thought about that? (laughs) I
1: like I told you. You told me like, oh, this is you posted your list of uh, retro games you have. And I was like, you had like 52. Am I right? I don't want to misrepresent you.
0: Yeah, I have about about 50 Saturn games.
1: Okay. And I was telling you, if those are all US games, you could basically uh, run for president just on the interest you'll be making on the games in the future. (laughs) Because, I mean, they just got so rare. Like, it it feels like... It was crazy, because I remember when I was younger, you know, you could go to like a yard sale and people were like, please get rid of these old games. We don't want none of it. I don't know what a Sega is anymore. Just get yeah. rid of it. Yeah. And now it's like, everybody wants it. Everybody's going online. Everybody's, I, we get people on our discord telling us, oh, I just bought this game for full price and it's insane to me. Yeah. But, you know, there's a market of people actually paying this stuff, but it is a good game. I don't like paying more than a cost when it came out. It, it really irks me. Yeah. It's, very rarely do I do it. Uh huh. Um, and i'm still looking for a deal on uh burning rangers but one day i'll find it and i'll brag yeah.
0: yeah this this game it really shot up in price it i feel like at the time when i was like putting my collection back together and i was looking it up i feel like this game was maybe 150 and that's like 10 years ago <sighs> now it's 300 350 and it's not worth it in my opinion i feel like Uh, like an epic RPG with multiple discs is much more worthy of that price point because you're paying for like hours and hours of gameplay but like this thing like this this game right here is worth more than going out and buying a Nintendo Switch right now which can play hundreds of games so would you would you rather spend $350 just to play Burning Rangers or would you rather spend $350 on like a Playstation 4 (laughs) yeah
1: and and retro people that just play retro games will probably say, I value having a game because they feel like in the future they'll go up in price, right? So, yeah, at the end of the day, they really want it. They're going to have to pay for it. Uh, maybe, That's true. I, I think some games will drop in price. I think this one will not because the U.S. version just had limited run copies because of the way Sega of Uni- of America was. They just wanted to get rid of the Sega Saturn and move on to the Dreamcast. Yeah. So I, I can see why it's rare. And it's a Sonic Team game. So that didn't get a lot. It wasn't popular. Even Knights, yeah. in my opinion, is overpriced for what it was when it came out. Like It was every, everywhere. I remember everybody had that game. It, or anybody that played a Saturn played Knights, in my opinion. Yeah. At least. Yeah.
0: Do you think they should re-release the game?
1: Yes. Yeah. I know you said that you like it, that it's a Sega Saturn exclusive. Right. But I would love to see Sonic Team, a not modern Sonic Team, but, you know, get some of the older people and, like, I don't know, rethink the game. Not rethink, the just the controls, right? Like, I want to see what it would feel like, you know, with a joystick and just more modern. Yeah. And uh, maybe emphasize more on speed and fix the draw distance and little things like that they had issues with. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have, like, a retro mode where it goes back to what it was before. That would be pretty cool.
0: I could see M2 doing that, though I feel like it would be a very big project for them. They haven't really done something on this scale, but. For sure. I I feel like once Sega Ages wraps, they should really start focusing on bigger titles like uh, Revenge of Death Adder, Burning Rangers, Panzer Dragoon Saga, like games that have not received re releases since their original release that are. Super rare. People haven't played them, and call it some like give it give it a new collection name like Sega Elite or something. You know. <laughs> uh,
1: do we need another Sega another <laughs> Sega true. Classic name? Like we have so many like Genesis Classic. What was the other one like the Sega, Sega Heritage? Legendary. Heritage. There you go. Yeah. It's just like I'm like dude. Just keep one name. Then I mean, it's like Sega Forever now on mobile. So it's like it's just going and going. That's I true. would like. I would I agree with you I think there's a lot of big games it's kind of interesting that Sega Ages on the Nintendo Switch has stayed so underground like two Puyo Puyo games two Thunder uh, Thunder Force games
0: yeah
1: what? (laughs) where's all the other ones that like were popular in America at least
0: that's a very good point
1: yeah it's kind of interesting I'm not saying the Burning Rangers was popular in America but there's other games on the Genesis that were really popular here that hasn't even been announced for Sega Ages, so it's interesting. That's
0: true, yeah. Um, and I mean, I was just gonna say since release, so I wanted to go into the appearances. You ready for that?
1: Very ready.
0: Okay, so Burning Rangers, like most Sonic Team games, it has had like minor cameos and appearances in future Sonic Team games. Maybe not as much as some other ones, but uh, there was a featured. Uh, it was on "Samba de Amigo." One of the songs was that you could play with the maracas. Uh, Most notably, Phantasy Star Online had a downloadable mission that took a lot of cues from Burning Rangers, um, which I really think was a tip of the hat to the visual style that the two shared. And then, I think most recently, the big one was All-Stars Racing Transformed having a Burning Rangers track. And Mm. so, what's your favorite appearance out of these?
1: Uh, I mean, Phantasy Star Online, the downloadable mission, mostly because of the journey to get the downloadable stuff cuz yeah. like I didn't I remember the first thing I uh, when somebody told me like you know there's a DLC online for these games that you have yeah. first thing I did was like I grabbed my Sonic Adventure disc I grabbed my uh, Fantasy Star and I and I grabbed all the games I had and I was just all right figuring out which ones I could download and then I started figuring out you could download saves and stuff that changed everything Yeah, like it was so nice I, I, like that's why I don't know. Like it's just so crazy that like Nintendo is uh, they they like have protections on saves and stuff. So yeah. I really liked it. It was like Wild West back then, on like <laughs> downloading tags, download like just the idea of downloading missions on Fantasy Star Online because I was obsessed with the game. Mm-hmm. Led me to this world of modifying your game, and that was like my first experience into modding, modding I guess, and downloading and like. Wow. Custom tags and stuff like that, yeah. So that's that's why I like it the most, mostly because of the journey, right?
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I I would have picked the Fantasy Star Online DLC too, but for I guess reason most people would, where it's like it's free additional content. Though it was, I I was a sucker for like any like Easter egg Sonic Team thing, so I loved uh, my my uh, mag was the uh, uh, Choo Choo mag the choo-choo rocket mag remember the mouse yeah he would would float on your shoulder um and then i think there was a kapu kapu one as well and i I remember there were burning knuckles and i don't remember if that was something that you received with the the completing the pso quest i'm not sure but um, it, it was just it was really fun at the time because Again, for me, it was like revisiting Burning Rangers. And for other people, it might be like a little taste of a game they've never played. And it was cool. It was free, too. Like, all of the Dreamcast DLC was free, which...
1: I, I, I never I never seen anything that they charged for. That's actually yeah. another interesting point that you make, right? It was all free. Uh, online access was free, so...
0: Yeah, was I was... mean, version 2 had the the... Yeah, you, you did have to pay, but it was so cheap. It was like nothing. Five bucks.
1: It's a couple yeah. bucks, I think, is what it was. It was like one ninety yeah. nine?
0: Yeah. Really nothing. People complain too. People complain now. Like imagine being like you get to play online for two dollars a month. <laughs> you know. Oh boy. Yeah. Easier times, better times. Um, and you know, to wrap things up, talking about Burning Rangers, since the game's release, Sonic Team went back to mainly sonic titles they had sonic adventure sonic adventure 2 however we did see stuff like fantasy star online and billy hatcher and uh, those released and then oshima and naka left the company yeah. and it really was the end of an era for sonic team i know izuka was still there but you you look at you know sonic the hedgehog 1 all the way through to rise star and the saturn stuff and those weird games like Billy Hatcher. and I, I really felt like there was still this spirit of Sonic Team alive and things really changed once uh, once they left after I guess like 06, right? Like during 06 yeah. was kind of the the time when things just fell apart for the team.
1: Yeah, it was it's so crazy though because it was like a, a combination of like a lot of things, you know, like developing in HD for the first time developing yeah. on the 360 uh, the first time and then having the cell processor on the ps3 and then oh, mm. it's crazy and they're trying to reboot sonic at the same time
0: yeah yeah and crazy you types. know i wh- so i'd ask uh what impact do you think burning rangers had on sonic team games after release and in the I, notes I, I did put a few hints
1: <laughs> well I, I i didn't even look at the notes on this part but um Obviously, Fantasy Star online, I said that in the beginning, the way yeah. that it feels when you move around, the caving you made you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, even Sonic Adventure, I feel like a lot of that um, 3d feel like oh they really got their toes wet in the 3d uh, not just platforming and jumping and moving around, but just you know the idea that they can make that kind of game because yeah. Knights well, like you said it was 1.5d. they played it safe. They're like, we know what we're good at. We'll keep it in that perspective. Yeah, um, And I think it really paid off on the Dreamcast with the extra power it had because it mm-hmm. was easier to make 3D games on there. So, yeah, they re- that game really made them jump. And, you know, that's why I think Sonic Team was probably one of the best developers on the Dreamcast. Or at le- top three, at least. I mean, there was oh, a lot absolutely. of uh, big boys back then.
0: <laughs> I think um, another game to benefit from Burning Rangers... Uh, development was sonic adventure one and two with the treasure hunting Mm. i think that probably either borrowed some tech or borrowed some ideas or development processes from burning rangers because you especially i think with the sonic adventure 2 treasure hunting it did have a very burning rangers vibe because there was a lot more i don't know i want to say it didn't feel so random like you weren't just like running around looking for random gems. There was more of a process to looking for them. There were more better hint systems. And... Yeah. Especially, I remember... um, uh, Rouge the Bat had a level where she was going through these, like, the pyramids. And it felt like Burning Rangers because you'd go from room to room and there would be hazards. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I remember certain rooms, like, would turn red. And then you'd have to, like, fight the hazards. So... You know, it, it's not overt. Like, I guess you could argue maybe that it, it might not have had any connection to Burning Rangers. But I really felt that. Did you see that at all?
1: Uh, I, I mean, in, like I told you, like, I just feel like the way the camera moves. and Like, just the little things, the way the 3D worked in them. I did. I did never meant that. But now that you mentioned it, I kind of see what you're talking about. Yeah. But as far as uh, Burning Rangers as a, a game game man it's it's an interesting thing i feel like do you think this is probably i want to say for i'm not gonna say forgotten because if you posted hardcore fans will come out and they'll talk about it i'm pretty sure this is mo- more known than most sega games that i love personally yeah it's like outrun probably i mean no not outrun i think Outrun's more popular than this but outside of like restar i think risk Rest- which one do you think is the mo- least popular game they have Chuchu rocket maybe
0: no, I think Choo Choo Rocket's pretty popular because of the iPhone revival with the game.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I probably would say Rub Rabbits.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And people that's forget, more recent. And that's more recent, and I think people even forget Sonic Team was behind that. But I, I'd maybe say, yeah, Rub Rabbits or um, Billy Hatcher, I think, is less popular, less known than Burning Rangers.
1: And they try to push him so much. Remember, like, every game for a while was like, Billy Hatcher has three tracks in Sonic All-Star Race. Like, why does he have three tracks? What is this? It's
0: because the developer liked them. Like, someone on the team, like, loved Billy Hatcher. And that's all it takes. Yeah,
1: that's That's what I've noticed with Sonic Team, right? That if the people still working on the franchise are there, they start mentioning them more, which I think that's why you said the Dreamcast stuff had this uh, Easter eggs, like in Phantasy Star Online. And mm-hmm. now, like, Sonic Forces came out. I mean, Sonic Forces didn't even have a uh, Burning Rangers uh, item. Like, they had a bunch of items yeah. that were just nonsense. They could have just did a Burning Rangers shirt or something.
0: I know. I know. I'm sorry. But, uh, and then there's, there's, before. are you ready to wrap up? Yeah, I'm ready to wrap up. All right. So, Burning Rangers, they had, and we didn't talk about this. I'm sure people are, like, screaming, why didn't you mention it? The game had an in-game email system, so you'd actually mm. receive letters from people that you saved, including members of Sonic Team. And oh. uh, I thought bringing that up was uh, a good time to move into us reading your letters about your Burning Rangers memories, the angels, the heroic angels from above who saves victims of uh, fires. And so uh, these are actually people from our twitter Twitter feed um, if you are a Patreon supporter one of the perks is you get first first come first serve on memories being shared you also get this episode two to three days in advance but um, no one commented on Patreon because I, I put it out a little late sorry guys but um, but let's read through these Twitter folks as we play them off so uh, let's say our goodbyes first then we'll read through these so goodbye from me bye everybody and let's read through them. So we have B. Trizzle. He says, It's a beautiful game. I didn't get to play it until I bought it for a pretty penny at a local retro, retro game store three years ago. We have Digi Valentine, who said the animated opening intro with the English version of the theme song absolutely blew me away when I first saw it as a kid. Still get goosebumps. Who dat? <laughs> Still get goosebumps over it. And... Uh, Who else do we have here? We have Ben Pieface Miller. He says, oh, he's just being goofy. He says, that time they released it as part of Sega Ages on Switch. Well, they haven't yet, so don't make up memories. And we have uh, Jonathan Town. I also loved how you got letters from people, hey, who you saved to learn more about the story, and occasionally you rescued characters from other games or from the dev team. That's right, Clarice and Elliot were in the game. I forgot about that. Yeah. From Knight's. Uh, Chaco Burger says Favorite memory was back in 2001 When I met Yuji for a Sonic Adventure 2 signing event I showed him the game And he let out an audible gasp <gasps> Obviously he did not expect to see the game Especially the US version He smashed it And told me to leave No, he's he was impressed and signed the game's manual It's very special to me Wow we have Virtua sanus He says, I loved replaying every level with randomized layouts after you beat the game for the first time. Really unique. Who else do we have here? We have uh, Johnny Grillo. He says, impressive graphics and music. We have Polygon Arcade. My only memory of it is spending $180 on a North American copy. LMAO, which is actually cheap. Uh, yeah. So, don't complain. And... Um, read a few more here we have crca productions struggling to control my character and having to take intermittent breaks to avoid permanently damaging my eyesight from staring at that awful polygonal graphics also laughing at the voice acting whatever <laughs> i don't vet these uh oh we have someone showing off their copy here great game with the crazy prizes i've been debating selling my mint copy that's cc james ceo whatever he just wants to sell it
1: Hey, oh, you gotta God. feed the family
0: somehow, right? That's true. Someone starts asking, do you carry N64 games? Yeah, I do. Uh, we have Bam Bam, Bam Bam Manga. And they say they never played it, they'd love to, though. And who's the last person gonna be? They have. Okay, so Fantamos V says Burning Rangers, to the brand new sky we dive. Burning Rangers, wings we have of shining white. Burning Rangers, Aquamarine, Colored Sky, Fly High with Grace and Pride. So that's it. We'll see you next time on Second Talk. Bye. Bye again.